0: Welcome to the podcast. We're talking to a great friend, talented colleague, wonderful stories and insights, Jimmy Hudson. Welcome to the podcast, Jimmy.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's good to be on with you. Thank you.
0: Very, very good. I've known Jimmy since he was 18 and I was in my early 20s. I worked for the (laughs) Trinity Broadcasting Network back then. And Jimmy was on the roster of freelance cameramen, camera persons available for uh, scheduling and hiring and I would call and back in those days in the 80s early 80s uh, there was no internet no email or anything like that so I would leave a message on his answering machine and oh, that's yeah. how you did it back then and then when he got home from uh, you know being on radio or working at Angel Stadium uh, baseball stadium he called me back and I w- I would book him and he'd come in and work on different shows that was that was an interesting time you were you were going to film school back then weren't you?
1: Yes, I uh took film classes. It was only a junior college, but uh yeah, I was trying to figure out uh, what to do. I was so shy that I never dreamt I would be on camera or in front of the microphone or anything, but that all happened uh, rapidly. I just thought the, the most I could ever do was be a cameraman maybe. And that happened, too. And I got to do all sorts of different things. How,
0: how did you find TBN or TBN find you? Is, there must have been a, a, a connection, a person.
1: Yes, I was in a class at uh, uh, Orange Coast College. And Mark Haney, who worked at TBN, was in a TV class with me. And he invited me to come volunteer. So I did. And that's how I got in. I remember I, I came into a... Uh, be a cable grip for my first week during a telethon, <laughs> and uh, it was. Uh, it was so exciting because I got—I think I got a hundred-dollar uh, honorarium at the end of the week. I'm like, oh, I made made money in television. It was so exciting.
0: But that, but that was also back back when gasoline was maybe a dollar <laughs> yes, yes. a gallon.
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, very but good. I was happy
0: well, to have it. I know that you uh, moved up at Trinity to creating a series along with our, our previous guest dan rupel yes it was
1: his uh, idea yeah.
0: videos talk about that a little bit
1: yes well dan asked me to host a pilot called christian video music and i think i wore a suit and we only played every christian music video that existed there were like five in 1984. so nothing happened after that and it was kind of languishing, so I went to all the record companies and said, hey, if, if we do a series, can you make music videos? And they said, well, yeah, if you if you do that, we'll do our part. And so uh, it kind of uh, had that synergy going, and we launched real videos. I had to get Matt Crouch involved because he was the son of the president of the network because uh, when I asked, they said no. <laughs> so um, So Matt and I did that starting in October of 1984, and we had just enough sh- um, just enough videos to play, you know, uh, like five one week and then two or three new ones the next week. And it was a slow start with lots of repeats, but it was fun. So we padded it heavily with doing silly things out on the road. And uh, we started to get uh, you know, just tons of fan mail and it struck a nerve people said oh we're having parties watching your show and i was like really so it really felt uh it filled a need uh and kind of launched that side of the christian music business and then um it grew from there and went on for another 25 years i I had to leave the show after a year and a half but uh it continued and (laughs) almost to this day
0: (laughs) Wow. And now, for all the people that were born after, let's say, 1980 or 84 when this was coming out, yeah. who were the big contemporary Christian artists uh, at that time? Amy Grant would have to be one of them.
1: Yes. And she was instrumental in the success of the show. So after a few weeks of the show being on, uh, she wrote to us there was no email so they actually wrote in and said hey we, we love your show can you come up to the studio in hollywood we're doing our new album you can hang out with us and if that goes well we'd like to do a whole episode with you i'm like oh well, great this is fun so i did that and it was uh really uh, you know kind and magnanimous of amy and uh we went on to you know, i probably did like 10 different shows with her over the years because she uh, was so gracious uh and you know, and and kind to share her uh, thoughts and, you know, give us a little ratings boost and that kind of thing. So, you know, she she was really uh, a huge part in the growth of that show and the whole industry for that reason.
0: But let let us not forget Christian Heavy Metal, including the group Striper. Yes.
1: Yes. So to uh, fill the need of uh, having Christian music videos, we started to make a few, and we, helped make the first striper music video and they were a Christian heavy metal band. It still exists to this day. And they were, um, you know, very groundbreaking and trailblazing and also controversial, but we, uh, we shot their very first one and kind of, I edited it together and we aired it. Uh, you know, I don't know if it got much airplay elsewhere, but it we played it and, um, you know, it helped, uh, get us thrown off the air at TBN a couple of times which really? was fun. well
0: what would they do they just would cancel the show for Saturday night
1: <laughs> I remember I was watching at home and the the screen went blank in the middle of the of the broadcast cuz Striper came on I'm like oh that's not a good sign so they uh yeah they were very controversial and at the time it was um, you know Jimmy Swaggart was uh, railing against contemporary christian music as being of the devil and uh you know used uh striper as his chief example unbeknownst to him they had been uh they you know they got saved because of his ministry so they were really hurt by that it was oh
0: there's there's a a small documentary to shoot right there
1: yeah it's in there's a new documentary called the jesus music and explains that uh it's all about the rise of contemporary christian music it's quite good i highly recommend it Um, um but yeah they talk about uh that whole whole chapter and uh yeah it was interesting times name name
0: some other groups and and artists at that time that you remember
1: well steve taylor uh was huge because he was a pioneer in uh christian music video he had one of the first ones and the first one that was um more than just a performance video it was a, a story that he uh shot and directed himself uh for meltdown at madame tussaud's was his song but he was uh, quite the pioneer i went on to do uh, a few other videos with him i got to direct and edit a couple of those because he really saw the power of music video and uh what else was there was like an imperial's video
0: was did kim Mm -hmm. Boyce come along at that time
1: Uh, she was a little bit later so uh uh after i left the show so in in 1986 or so i was hired to direct a couple of kim boyce music videos and of course uh and you and i did some as well and the budgets were all minuscule but we pulled them off it was fun and exciting to uh create because it was such a a new genre that it was um it was really fun to experiment and and you know try to squeeze as much production value out of the tiny right. budgets.
0: Right. As and assume, yeah. in, in, when you were shooting music videos in the mid eighties into the eighties, I would think almost all of it was, was shot on videotape for savings reasons. But yeah. when you and I worked on projects, it was uh, on film and that is. Uh, increased the budget price right there because you'd have to buy the mm-hmm. stock. You'd have to have it uh, go to the lab and yep. then have it have a telecine done to get it over to video. Yes. So there you go.
1: Yes. Much easier nowadays though.
0: Yes, absolutely because high high def can really look great and there's all these filters now you can put on it to make it look oh, like yeah. it's it is film, uh, etc. Let's look at transition for a second. You started um, Moving, you moved up to Hollywood, literally Hollywood, as I remember it. Yeah, and you uh, you you got into acting. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, I'd always kind of wanted to do voiceover, and I had been a DJ uh, on the Christian radio station, so I, I was learning voiceover A-Y-M-S. and
0: A Y M S. Yes,
1: yes, the pioneering Christian music station, and I got to do commercials there, and I, I kind of like that uh, the voiceover side of things. And my friend Scott Rummel, who's been a guest with you, uh, we both had that goal and and, conspired to move to Hollywood and work in the secular world um, as kind of a mission field in 1986. So we we took voiceover classes and got our demos made and uh, started to work in that area and it was very fun i mean i still do it to this day and i, I you know i still get goosebumps when i'm doing a voiceover I'm like this is so fun that i get paid to read words out loud you know it's kind of neat
0: you get you get paid to have fun yeah that's a good job is is it difficult to get into the voiceover uh, industry
1: yes I mean, it certainly was then the barriers for entry are much reduced now because of the internet because you can make a demo and get on any of the voiceover websites now for just the fee of entry so you don't have to have an agent um, but to get the big union jobs uh, that helps immensely to have an agent but you can get those even on the the voiceover website so there's a uh, tremendous competition It also has suppressed the uh, fees for people uh, as far as earning a living but yeah it's much easier to get in now and uh, you know, it seems to be a shrinking industry because there's more text on screen because people are watching the content on their phones silently in bed at night and there's, it used to be more expensive to have text on screen than to have a voiceover and now it's the other way around. So (laughs) there's a lot more um, just text, no voiceover, especially in movie trailers and promos. So it's like, well, there's not as much work and a lot of it dried up during the pandemic as well but there still will always be a need for it as even as computers take over jimmy is the
0: voice of a very well-known uh fast food franchise here on the west coast especially in california called in and out burger yes some of the best burgers you could and for fast food chain some of the very best and they in and out Burger. well you've been with them oh since 1989, 1989 yeah 20 what 20 almost 25
1: years uh 33 oh. now yeah 33
0: oh, wow. but yeah. who's counting you are having too much fun
1: it's a it's a fun story so between music video series after i left real videos you and i were traveling the world shooting documentaries and things and then i uh co-created and hosted a show on the family channel called videosyncrasy but in between that time i i couldn't get arrested so i was uh doing church announcements at the church where rich snyder the owner of in and out burger uh, attended and he liked my voice and asked me to be the voice of in and out i'm like sure and um and he, i remember he came to the to the very first uh, voiceover session and he sat inside the booth with me like right in there which no one ever does it was really <laughs> uncomfortable and uh, he you know said burger television do it this way and uh i i've been doing it ever since it's a fantastic company, and uh, it's been a, a tremendous blessing. Do, yes.
0: do, okay, for our audience, do a couple of your signature In-N-Out Burger tags.
1: <laughs> say, uh, please obey all traffic laws on the way to the restaurant. That's what... But yeah, we they, uh, do lots of radio commercials and uh, TV spots during sports sporting events, so they're usually very quick, and uh, I, I don't get to say... In and out burger much because it's always a sung jingle, but it's been great, and I do all their internal uh, recordings as well. So, and that has got to not only to be fun, but I know that
0: you also do lots and lots of car commercials. Uh, these are almost all regional, right?
1: Yes, yes, I haven't uh, lately, but did, yeah, I've probably done a thousand car dealership commercials yeah you know when you're in voiceover you just take whatever job comes and those were steady bread and butter jobs and i did uh tons of those oh man yeah because you would crank out uh you know multiple spots in a day and uh it really added up it was paid the bills for many years yeah
0: is there are there any spots is there a spot that was offered to you that maybe you turned down. you just had, no, nah, I don't think I want to do that one.
1: Yes, it's a good point. Uh, you know, Hollywood is a morass or cesspool of a moral cesspool. And as a mission field, as a believer going in there, it's uh, it can be treacherous, and you're going to have to turn things down uh, if you want to maintain your integrity as a believer. So that's hard uh, hard to do and i had this one audition and it was for um a show that had uh, a european version that had nudity in it and i didn't know that so i i was kind of uncomfortable doing the sh- the promo for the show anyway it was just an audition so i'm like oh i'll do it you know it's just it seemed like it was innocuous but then as i left i i found out um after i left the audition that they had this you know nude version that played overseas I'm like oh no so i was went home i was going to call the casting director said can you you know take me off of that and as i was going to call them they they called me and said you got the job i'm like oh of course so i said you know i'm so sorry uh i didn't realize this at the time but i really am un- uncomfortable with this can you um you know use the second choice I, and this is extremely risky because there are only about three top casting directors for voiceover in Hollywood. And to, uh, you know, throw this gauntlet down, you know, I could never work again with, uh, you know, this this or any of them. You know, so it was really risky. But I, I thought, Lord, I'm here for you. You are in charge of my career and life. I don't have to worry about any of that, uh, whether I work again or not that is immaterial i need to do what is right and follow you so the casting director she said you know you can have whatever moral stand you want and i respect that but please tell me before you do the audition now i have to call them and you know she was uh, justifiably upset she said i'll see what i can do so she called the uh the producer and and it was a woman she said oh well thank god someone had the guts to stand up she was really uncomfortable uh, working on that show herself and she was so pleased that someone turned it down so it turned into a great blessing because i continued to be called in all the time with that casting director and, and booked some jobs and um it, it all worked out uh, because i did the right thing uh but it could not have and it might not have but uh I still had to do it. I had God, to do was right
0: God God yep. honored your integrity. Yes yeah. yes. Learning a lot from professional voiceover artist and media creative Jimmy Hodson. hope you join us for the next episode where we'll pick up where we left off.